This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Swing it a line drive, left field, Ben and Teddy coming on, dives, and did he make the catch? He did! He got it! Here we go. It's time to party. Right here. 3-2. High drive! He crushed it! It's a grand slam! Swing it and miss, thankfully it's over! championship welcome to benny and the bets podcast can you believe it here's your host terry cushman good evening everyone and welcome to another episode of the benny and the bats podcast covering boston red sox baseball for everyone staying up late tonight on periscope the podcast as always can be seen on uh can be found on google podcast spotify spreaker stitcher soundcloud apple podcasts and the Link to our Apple podcast feed is right above your video window. Click that. All of our shows can be found right there. Red Sox just wrapped up a three-game set against the San Diego Padres, taking two out of the three games. I am Terry Cushman, and I'm joined, as always, by Jeremy Schilling and Matt Clark. How are you guys? I'm good. Doing well, doing well. Not terrible. Well, that's good. Uh, good to be back. I, I think the last show was on a Wednesday, so it's like it almost feels like a week, you know, when you when you go from Wednesday to Sunday. But uh, better series than what we thought. I think we were a little pessimistic. Uh, I think Jeremy and I agreed that in one sequence or another, the Red Sox would just win one out of the three. Um, so, uh, won an extra game from that, but how about those jerseys this weekend? Oh, good Lord. Um, I mean, seriously, who did MLB get to do this? I mean, your best, your best solution was to come out with all black and all white jerseys. I mean, Honestly, if you want to throw away millions of dollars for stupid ideas, I'm here all day with lots of stupid ideas. Got them all day long. It's, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, these jerseys were as ugly as a lot of the women that I took home back in my college days <laughs> after drinking about 18 uh, Mick, uh, Mick Reginalds. Not the ultras, not the lights. Uh, those beers were for uh, people who hate puppies. <laughs> and children in America, uh, pretty much ISIS and Al Qaeda, uh, and I didn't drink those. So, but there were some ugly ladies, and, and these were some ugly jerseys. So I hated them. Uh, nothing good to say about them. I mean, who in the hell came up with this idea? Honestly, I mean, obviously, besides Matt somehow making this about himself and his despicable dating life, by the sound of it. Uh, it's obviously just the cheapest ploy possible to sell jerseys. Um, I'm not here for it. I don't care about it, and I really don't want to talk about jerseys. I think it's dumb. Well, I, I have to weigh in. Uh, you know, I tried to like the jerseys. I like the black jerseys a little bit better than the white ones. Um, 
I think the pants looked a little skinny, you know, kind of, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble by saying this, but a little metrosexual type pants that I would never get caught wearing. And, Be careful, uh, Matt has two pairs. <laughs> uh, I don't wear skinny jeans because I'm not skinny. Yeah, I'm, and I'm the fattest one on here anyway, so I, I would look the worst in them, but um but yeah i i just i tried to like them but i didn't and like jeremy said it's just another easy way for them to make money this was players weekend which apparently also included nicknames on the back i think the nickname jerseys from august were really goofy looking and ugly as well so um I, i it's really it's not for me either but I got to be honest with you. I was sitting here. I'm trying to think, you know, what, what nickname would I have on the back? And I'll ask you guys here in a second <laughs> what your nicknames would be. I was racking my brain. You know, uh, easy button would be Clark Bar. Go with the Clark Bar. It's been a kind of a nickname of mine for 30-plus eh, years. Sinking at the old uh, the Irish club that I used to hang out with, the Hibernians Club, they called me the Bishop. Uh, because that was the bishop's name, so I was like, eh, maybe I could go with the bishop, that'd be cool. Thinking, uh, there was a guy in high school that called me Cubby. Uh, he said I looked like a very special mouseketeer. Uh, I don't know what that meant. Uh, um, another one, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm sitting here thinking, uh, you know, I, they used to call me Stick Boy, but now I'm kind of fat. I couldn't go with that. Um, you know, so I, I guess the easy button. We go with Clark Bar. Uh, you know, I'm listen, wild card. No one's buying any of your your <laughs> bullshit. All right, it's gonna be wild card. Just zip it. <laughs> I will say though, as as to the jersey nicknames, there's so many of them that require me to Google like why someone's calling someone that. It just seems like if you don't have a mainstream nickname, it just it seems like stupid and confusing. It's another part of it I just don't like when I have to spend half my time in the game trying to figure out. And and no one references the players by these names. I mean, Xander's X, fine. That all makes sense. Um, I still don't know why JD's called Flacco. I've seen enough Joe Flacco references on the internet to not make any sense as well. So I don't, I don't know. I, I think the whole thing is just the cheapest, lamest marketing ploy of all time. Um, it's geared towards, frankly, generating lazy revenue from millennials. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what it is. I, I have no use for it. I'm glad it's over. Just get back to the way baseball is supposed to be as far as the uniforms and everything else. It's just, it's just cheap and lazy, and, and um, it doesn't give me anything but kind of annoyance while I'm watching the three-game set. It also could slightly be a ratings ploy because if if the jerseys are trending on social media, it just it gives MLB an opportunity to say, "Hey, go tune in and look at those, see what you think," type of thing. And um, at this point, they're probably willing to try anything, especially you know, like with the Royals fan base and the you know the Mariners and whatnot, the ones that are really struggling right now. But well, here's. Oh, go Here's ahead. the thing, though. Did you notice that some of these guys were so original? Like, you had Darwin's and Hernandez, Steve Pierce, Porcello, Josh Taylor. They were Hernandez, Pierce, Porcello, and Taylor on the back. No difference at all. 
Love well, it. At least, at least get creative enough to be like uh, to be yeah. like Matt Barnes, who put a Y at the end of his name, so it said Barnesy. <laughs> Although, honestly, I gotta be uh, if if we're if we're shooting straight here, Barnes probably should have put an L at the end of his name if his pitching is any if his name was anything like his pitching, because at the end of games he typically puts an L at the end of that game. I mean, we're we're typically talking a loss at the end of the game, so. Maybe Barnell, Bar- uh, I don't know, whatever it is. But, man, most of these guys, Mookie was Mookie. I mean, come on. Uh, really, really creative. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. These these guys are, it, it was a stupid ploy, stupid jerseys, ugly, horrible. Um, but, you know, at least the Red Sox took two out of three during this crappy, uh, crappy weekend. All right, and kind of getting back into it, into the normal uh, swing here, we'll get into heroes and zeros. Like I said, a much better uh, series than we expected, especially where it was on the West Coast. Uh, So uh, go ahead, Jeremy, bat leadoff. Who's your hero? Um, As selected for me by wild card, we're going JD. (laughs) Low-hanging fruit, but... um, Obviously an awesome series. Five of 11. Three home runs, eight RBIs. Increased worry that he's not going to be here as a result. Now that he's apparently gotten the back issues taken care of, whatever I think was in his hand or wrist, that's allowing him to turn on balls. Um, The home run he hit in game one was absolutely crushed. Uh, Prototypical, just backspin, big fly to left. It was really cool to see. Um I, the fact that he he's now raking, though, it almost makes me more nervous that we're going to be minus Mookie, who's going to be traded, and then you lose this guy in the entire middle of your lineup is history. And I'm sure Devers and Xander will be there next year, but it just weakens the total balance of the lineup. So, you know, great series. Uh, I hope he struggles in September as they get eliminated and kind of just flake out into next year so that he... He's here next year, however that happens. Probably an additional 5 to $7 million per year to buy out that first opt-out year. That first opt-out. Matt, go ahead. Yeah, I was kind of sitting here thinking the same thing. I'm like, ah, it's great because he's helping them win the games. But at the same time, they're either going to have to pay a whole lot of money or – which, I honestly, I, I think they're going to pay the money for him. I do. I don't think that that bets gets it. I, I I do think that bets gets traded, but uh, they're they're definitely going to have to pay up. He's going to opt out. The better he plays, the uh, the more likely he is to opt out, and the more money they're going to have to pay him. So I was sitting here thinking the same exact thing, but yeah, it was a hell of a series. I mean, he definitely carried him in the first game um, with the seven RBIs, two home runs. I mean, he set the set the tone right out of the gate, and uh, it was against Paddock. Well, I figured would shut down the Red Sox. Um, it's kind of crazy because the the two guys that I figured would give the Red Sox problems, uh, they they beat up on, and the guy who I figured they would beat uh, shut them down. So that classic Red Sox right there. But yeah, I I mean he had a great series. But to Jeremy's point, it's it's a little concerning because either they're going to have to pony up a hell of a lot more cash or walk away from him, one or the other. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it either way. Uh, I'd rather keep him. But 
I still don't think any of the National League teams are going to come calling. You know, I mean, he was still had problems with injuries, and he probably will for the rest of his career to to some degree. So I think that rules out that half of the league, and then I still don't see the Yankees coming into play. I don't think the Astros will either. So it's still a very limited market, and I think the Red Sox are going to have all the leverage. And like Jeremy says, you know, I, he's his average annual value is about twenty three million a year or so, even though it's um, sixty uh, three years, sixty million remaining. So I just think. I think he gets an annual raise on those three existing years and then maybe an extra year or two tacked on. And and I, I think they call it macaroni after that. And I think JD wants to play here. I think there will be mutual interest. So I don't worry about it. And worst case, if we do lose him, I'm excited at what, we could do, you know, with the with the extra money, you know, how creative we could be, especially if Mookie's not here, because that's going to be roughly a combined savings of about fifty million. So it just it doesn't it doesn't really worry me, you know, one way or the other. I suppose. Terry, there's no better p- person to spend the money on than JD. Excited for what? Who's not? What? What do you? It's got to be JD. You got to be kidding me excited i'm excited when jd's staying here and we can put him in a lineup that's gonna that's gonna hit better oh i'm I'm sorry that's gonna continue to produce the way this lineup's producing with starting pitching that hasn't sucked all season and when it has been good the bullpen sucked the lineup's not the problem jd's the guy who should be getting the money uh the other thing i disagree about um is our level of worry because he's good enough offensively ops wise uh slugging all the things that matter run production that a national league team would get stupid and all it takes is one we i mean look at phillies with bryce harper look at you know i mean ryan howard with phillies there's plenty of examples over the years it only takes one stupid team what's to say that theo epstein can't convince himself that he could play right field for the next four years if he's going to get the level of production he's he, he would potentially get out of him i think he's open to the entire uh mlb i think the NL is probably going to be a smaller market, assuming there's smart GMs out there. But at the end of the day, there's going to be a market. There's going to be a huge market, whether it's American League, National League, or whatever. There's going to be a ton of teams involved. Uh, and then, you know, again, I mean, who's who's going to become available that would be better served to get the 25 to $30 million than J.D. Martinez? There isn't anybody. I'll be honest too. I think although that if, Terry's doing a quick Google search to try to prove me wrong. Oh, I always do it. Think, That's what this tablet's for, Jeremy. <laughs> this, this is my Jeremy tablet right here, and unfortunately, I'm not able to pull up what I need uh, quick enough. Yeah, but yeah. It's, um, it's a terrible thing when you can't find something to support your argument. Yeah, I think well, if Dombrowski's still the GM too. I think he's more likely to resign uh, JD for whatever he wants uh, than if maybe a new GM in there. So that may be the one benefit of keeping uh, Dombrowski, even though I've been a huge advocate of getting rid of him. Uh, I think Dombrowski's willing to no. sign him for whatever. It's not, I don't think it's going to matter. Look, they're, they're, Mookie's gone. He is gone. He's going to get traded. He's gone. The money's off the books. We're going to get prospects, hopefully get a big league 
or two bullpen arm or however it shakes out, whatever may be the case. But he's gone. JD has to be here. The new GM, that's what the way they're going to go, is going to get a directive from management that says that you can't take two MVP candidates out of the middle of your lineup and expect to hit the uh, produce runs on the same level in 2020. You just can't. So, I mean, look, they got to give them $30 million to, to opt out or to buy out the opt out year. That's fine. Do it. And I don't think it's going to matter who's the general manager. Obviously, Dombrowski loves spending money on on existing guys. And for that reason, you know, he's he, he would be all things created equally in management, not involved. Dombrowski's going to want to pay JD whatever it takes. I, I don't think it's going to matter, though, at the end of the day. I really don't. I mean, I, especially if Mookie's gone. You can allocate some of Mookie's money over to JD and make him worth thirty million a year. Okay, I I got the list now. Um, but I want to point out though, we're not. It's not going to be a make or break. JD Martinez is not going to make or break us, and we're not going to win next year offensively if our pitching is is terrible anyway. So there there's a lot of priorities here. But getting back to JD specifically. You're going to have a full year of Chavis. I think Andrew Benintendi is going to have an uptick. I expect Devers to be solid. Wouldn't be surprised if there's a slight step back. Uh, I expect Xander to be very stout. We're going to have uh, one of uh, Dahlbeck, Chatham, or um, drawing a blank. So we could get an uptick from from somebody young. And... Uh, and then to fill JD's spot, Marcel Ozuna, a, a top outfielder, is available. Probably cheaper, definitely younger. Uh, Nick Castellanos is uh, on his walk year. The Cubs picked him up as a rental. Yasiel Puig's a free agent. I think we can all agree we don't want to go there. But uh, you could take a one-year flyer on a Nick Markakis guy who's been very stout the last few years. Uh, was a as recently as last year a starter on the All Star team. Uh, you could take a flyer on an Adam Eaton type guy. I just I don't see J D Martinez as necessarily a make or break guy. Is he my ultimate preference? Absolutely, but you know there's there's trades that can happen. There's the list of free agents I just gave you. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. Go get your Shane Victorino from 2013. I'm going to beat that to death and probably through Christmas. Here's why I would sign him, though. He makes all the hitters around him better. I mean, he's he's a student of the game. He he studies the hitting like nobody else, and he he takes that to the other guys, and, and they listen to him. I mean, he, he studies it. He talks to them, you know, they make the adjustments accordingly, and he makes everybody better around him. Uh, it's, it's been well documented what he does for these younger hitters and, and, and how it's helped them. I think that in itself is worth it. I mean, you pay him the extra, I don't care if it's $5 million a year, if he makes everybody else around him a better player, it's well worth it. Uh, Marcelo Ozuna is not going to do that. Castellanos is not going to do that. J.D. Martinez is. I mean, he's out there with his tablet, much like Terry has his tablet right now, uh, trying to trying to fact-check uh, Jeremy. <laughs> you know, Martinez is doing that before the game in the in the, uh, in the, in the uh, batting cage, trying to figure out what's going on. And, and these guys are all talking, and, and he's helping these younger guys out. I mean, 
to try to put a, a monetary value on that, it, it's real tough to do that. So, you know, uh, my opinion, you give him whatever he wants and, and, and sign him more so than even Mookie. And, and, and I'm not a big Mookie hater. I, I have no problem if he comes back, if they get him for the right amount. I don't think they can. Um, so I, I think you trade him and get, you know, fill some needs on the team. But I definitely think that uh, J.D. Martinez is, is very valuable as far as uh, helping these other hitters out. Nobody mentioned uh, Terry. Nobody that Terry mentioned is better than J.D. And proven to be a productive player in a big market. Next. I'm just saying I'm not going to shit my pants. And I think we can get a high. I mean, I'm not either. I'm te- technically not either. But what's best for the team moving forward? Just I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing. I like JD, and I think more this likely is where Terry just can't agree with me. So we agree on the same thing, but just say it differently. So we disagree. That's what's happening. I'm right just. Now. I'm giving you a 360 <laughs> here of every angle, and, and I like him. I like him, but I'm not afraid of the alternatives either. You know, I want to wait. Hang on. I want to have spending flexibility. I we haven't had that in a while. Flexibility. Mookie's going to be gone, Terrence. We don't know that. (laughs) Yes. And Pablo's gone. And now he's gone from Major League Baseball because somehow he threw out. He has Tommy John. the donut box too much, I, but no, that, that, that the, meeting contest. The Tommy Terrible. John Sports came from Instagram. Never play again. The Tommy John came from uh, looking at Instagram miles. Go ahead, uh, Matt, with your uh, hero. Uh, so my hero is uh, actually a collective group that I've banged on uh, pretty much every podcast, and that's the bullpen of the Red Sox. Uh, this series, the bullpen. Uh, Pitched 14 innings. Uh, you had very short starts by both Avaldi uh, and Brian Johnson. So they ended up pitching 14 innings to the tune of 129 ERA, uh, 16 strikeouts, six walks, four hits. Uh, they got one win uh, via Matt Barnes in the Brock Holt ninth inning home run uh, game on, on game two. Uh, they got a save uh, from Workman in that same game. No losses. Um, everybody pretty much pitched well. The only guys to give up runs in that were Walden and uh, Brazier. I mean, overall, Brazier has is, is looked pretty good since he came back. I mean, in this one, he went two innings, one hit, three Ks. Or, I'm sorry, that, that was Barnes. Um, Brazier went two and a third, one earned run. Uh, a walk in five Ks, and he gave up one hit. Um, uh, really, their whole bullpen—they they were taxed a little bit in this series because you had two guys who, in, in Avaldi and Johnson, who just couldn't go more than three innings. So, um, tip my hat to the bullpen, who everybody's been knocking that they should have added more to. They, they look pretty solid in this one, and. Uh, you know, that's all we can ask for at this point. The starting rotation is still killing him. But everything seems to be better with uh, sale and price gone. <laughs> Everyone's holding up. I just disregard that. Uh, the bullpen's been phenomenal. I don't know what to attribute it to. Uh, Kashner's been pretty solid in that role. Um, you know, maybe he's, you know, going to use that to audition for other teams next year. Workmen, 
very solid, uh, you know, and we still have him for an extra year. Um, Barn, uh, excuse me, uh, Brazier's controllable uh, for at least the next few, and uh, Barnes is on his walk year, but it's interesting, though, that they're keeping us in games. What's that? Barnes will be affordable. He should be, absolutely. Yeah, and... um, I I think a big part of it is the decision to go with some of the younger guys about a month ago. Um, That, that, the the designating Brazier, um, they found a right mix, and it's actually kind of amazing. It's almost like they they knew they had to be better because of how bad the starting pitching has been, and then you lose the health of almost the entire starting rotation. And you thought, well, they can't handle the influx of innings, but they have, and they've done it, you know, at a high level. And, um, I mean, again, I'm looking towards 2020. I mean, this season is over. They're just not going to jump two teams to get in the wild card with 30 games left and down six games. But um, it's encouraging to see that maybe they don't need as much going into next year as we originally thought they did six weeks ago, where it looked like there was almost no options and no flexibility. And now there seems to be that. So I'm encouraged. Um, I hope they, that these, the younger guys continue to get big innings, uh, especially once we're eliminated, put them in high leverage spots in the seventh, eighth and ninth and see if they can get out. So we can fi- find out what we have for next year. Uh, Darwin's and Hernandez has been, uh, you know, shown some improvement and is, kind of slowly becoming a candidate to hold down an inning, you know, late in games uh, for the next, if we're really lucky, five or six years is, uh, you know, what his control remaining is. And uh, in his last six appearances, he's only given up uh, one run. In fact, he's only given up, let's see, runs in three appearances of his last several. So I like what I see there. Um, I don't, is Lakin still with the club? I think he's in the minors. So oh, I think did, they did, just sent him down prior did, to the series. Did he get optioned? Okay. Cause he, he had a better stint uh, this time around. So I like it, but I think our approach going into this winter will have to be the same as it was last winter. We're going to have to add at least one or two. And, you know, as we kind of alluded to, you know, money will be getting freed up. So they'll have the flexibility uh, to do that. I think they have to look at Hernandez as their closer of the future, too. I mean, this guy has just been dominant as far as his breakout ability and just he seems like he's got all the composure, all the ability to really get in there and and, and be a closer. So uh, down the stretch as they kind of fall out of it, although I don't know, they they gained a little bit of ground. I'm still not hopeful that they're going to get into a wild card position here, but uh, I, I think you've got to really try out uh, Hernandez as your closer, um, you know, down the stretch. Uh, well, I hope we get a closer, you know, and not have to. I mean, if you if you try to put your eggs in that basket, then you know we're going to be having the same well, conversations. Well, here's the thing. I mean, 
if he ends up being their closer, I mean, he's he's controllable for a while, and they could have a cheap closer. I mean, we know that closers, you look at what Kimbrell was asking for, you look at what some of these guys like Chapman's probably going to get in the offseason. The closers will demand a lot of money. They've got Hernandez for a while, so if he fits a role and he can get in there and he's got the makeup to do it and he's got the stuff to do it, um, Workman's been doing a pretty good job so far this year. I'm not going to knock him, but I still don't think the stuff is there. He's still the control issues. The fact that he's not a strikeout guy necessarily is as much as Hernandez is. I still think Hernandez fits the bill a little bit more. Uh, but if they can get him as a young guy who's not even arbitration, uh, arbitration eligible for a while, I mean... That's a hell of a deal on a closer if you can come in there and, and lock it down. I see him being kind of like a Kenley Jansen type where, you know, he was the young guy with the Dodgers that they've been able to control for a while. Why not give him a chance down the, down the uh, uh, you know, as the season winds down here and, and see if he can do it? You got nothing to lose at this point. I, I think that's probably, uh, you know, a wise decision. So there's... In my mind, there's three ways you can help balance a roster. Um, there's there's three positions in the major sports that I think you can help balance a roster. In football, it's a quarterback on a rookie deal like Jared Goff with the Rams, like Russell Wilson with Seattle Seahawks, and I could go on and on down the list. Um, in the NBA, it's a, it's a budding superstar still on his rookie rookie deal like the Warriors basically had for, for half a decade with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, and in baseball, it's young, controllable closers where you get to save the 15 to $17 million it takes to pay that spot. It, look at your own organization. Um, except for the year they paid Keith Folk, Papelbron on his rookie deal, and then you had Yui Hara on. He was a veteran from Japan, but he was, he was making, like I think, a million and a half one of those years. And then you have uh, last year would be, I guess, another exception because you were paying Kimbrell, but Jansen's a good example. It's one of those spots where that $17 million can go to so many others. It could go into the rest of the bullpen, which is, by the way, what we need. Um, so if you can get that from him, I don't think – I'm not willing to pencil him in. I'd like to see him get that inning in September. Um, and if he is, then great because he's got great stuff and he's obviously accepted the role in the bullpen. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't know that I'm ready to say that it's this guy. I am willing to say let him sink or swim in September and see what happens um, because you could save a ton of money. Now, the flip side of that is he, they either don't give him the opportunity so they never find out or they do and he stinks. And then you got to go pay someone fifteen to seventeen million, and there goes half the money you're going to get back from Mookie. You give another five to seven to JD, and now you're you're only saving eight million off Mookie leaving. It, it's a big factor. I mean, if he can do it, that's it's going to help balance the rest of the roster. I still think we got to. I still want to add in in free agency. We're also going to have to deal with the, uh, you know, rotation uh, as well, most likely, you know, with Porcello possibly not coming back. And you'd like to get an upgrade because you don't know what's going to happen necessarily with Chris Sale and David Price. You know, how are they going to break down over the course of the season and and they whatnot? Will. I think so, too. Uh, so... Oh, yeah. 
my back next year fully healthy and going to each throw 200 innings is out of their mind, which means it's probably Matt's take. Hundred percent going to happen. Put it on there. <laughs> you better put it in the books right now. It's going to happen. Who's your hero, Terrence? Well, I I debated, and I the easy pick could have been uh, Erod, who was phenomenal again. Uh, you know, in his one start, but. I feel like he's been brought up quite a bit. I'm going to go with Brock Holt, who is having a very solid season as a utility guy. I think he's being managed perfectly by Alex Cora. He's not being overused like he was in some of those years, uh, you know, earlier in his Red Sox tenure uh, when we acquired him from the Pirates. But he did have an epic uh, walk up, well, not walk up, but an epic uh, go ahead home run against uh, Kirby Yates, who has been one of the better closers in Major League Baseball this year, has the highest K-9 through rate of any closer, and uh, Holt in the ninth inning uh, took him deep. Uh, Also a very good series uh, for him, three for nine, uh, three runs scored, the homer, the RBI, He's also a free agent. Uh, I'm not too worried about him. You know, I think that he's perfectly re-signable, you know, for the Red Sox. But but he's, you know, just another example of him, uh, you know, playing that role really well. And he's got a 315 average for the year, too, which kind of sneaks up on you. You know, when you're thinking 300 hitters on the team, you're thinking Devers, Mookie, JD and you know Brock Holt, so uh, he's my hero for this series. No, that's a solid one. He's been uh, he's been solid all year. Uh, that was a huge hit. He's somebody I really want to see resigned. I think they could get him for a reasonable amount. I think you'd give him a team discount as well, uh, just because I think he loves playing in Boston. Um, you know, he's what can you say? He's been the consummate team player. Um, you know, he's been playing well all year since he came off the uh, the IL with the scratch cornea, um, hitting the ball hard. I, I mean, it was a big home run and 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 definitely lifted him to a win. So that's a that's a solid pick right there, Jeremy. I like the player. I like what he brings. I don't like his track record with staying healthy. Um, I do think he'll be here. Um, I think he's worth somewhere between 5 and $7 million a year, and I think that's a salary the Red Sox could e- easily absorb. The only thing I worry about Brock Holt is one team um, getting crazy because it always just takes one team. And I see one team saying – he could be like Zobrist where he plays every day but in a different spot, and that creates a huge amount of roster flexibility in a mid-market team. I, that would that scares me a little bit, like the double raise coming to get him and paying him, willing to pay him a little bit more because he's going to play every day and provide them with a ton of flexibility. Yeah. Notwithstanding something like that happen, I see him back. I think he wants to be here. He obviously has embraced the city. The city's embraced him. His wife does a lot for the community, um, so I mean, I, 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 you know, 
Yeah, I think you're on the money, you know, with what his annual uh, salary will be. You know, Mitch Moreland got a two-year deal worth six and a half. I think that's about, you know, where he would end up. Um, the injury thing, I mean, yeah, he he does typically go on the DL every year for uh, a period of time. We haven't, uh, except for the one year where he had the problems with vertigo, uh, we haven't really lost him for an extended period of time. But I just think he, you know, he fills a need. And, you know, Chavis was on the, it still is on the DL. He's currently rehabbing in Pawtucket. Was uh, three for four last night, I guess. But, um, you know, I mean, there were injuries with Nunez. Pedroia there he's going to rejoin the team in Colorado and the beat writers are already pushing the 2020 propaganda that he's going to come back because he excuse me he had a um another procedure minor one done on his knee so obviously that that's a long shot but Holt gives you the depth he gives you the flexibility and and uh I'm pretty optimistic that uh, he does come back. Well, uh, we'll transition over to the zeros unless Wildcard is over there ready to fire off one more lukewarm take. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I'm He's acknowledging the nickname finally. Um, <laughs> so JBGA continues to suck at baseball. Um, Charlie Midnight, big fan of the podcast, uh, Provides a lot of feedback on Twitter. I, I'm sorry, Charlie. I got to ether you here. This guy sucks. The catch was the best fake catch I've ever seen. Take a better route. Run to the spot. Stop. Turn. Catch the ball. If you don't hit mid stride and then slow down to to whatever you did there, double step. The play is much easier. It's a play I think most major league center fielders are going to make from where he was playing. I'm probably going to get ethered on Twitter for the, for that take, but I mean it, it's a, it's a fake good catch. I mean, you know, credit to him, but I mean, Kiermaier standing at the wall jumps up and catches this ball. It was a little bit mistimed. Yeah, I'll give you credit so, for that. I'll thanks, Wildcard. Appreciate the support, strength in numbers. Uh, also, he didn't have a hit in the series. He continues to swing a toothpick. So, just like Wildcard stakes. Go ahead, Terry. I'm not a JBJ guy. I mean, like I said earlier. So I went to you first before I went to freaking wild card over there. He's about to tell me he's about to go on a 30-game hitting streak to end off the year. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just saying, um, you know, I mean, he's a below-average offensive player. Can be clutch at times. I, I can't take that away from him, but... For the money he's probably going to be making, which is probably going to be, I'm guessing, ten to twelve million a year on a three-year deal, three or four-year deal. I kind of hope the Red Sox move on from him. Um, it could be oh, tricky. God. Don't even, don't even start with re-signing this guy, please, unless it's a two-year, ten million dollar deal. Well, what I was getting at is, you know, if you lose Mookie as well, and then you lose Bradley, you know. I, I we don't have a ton of depth as far as outfielders. So what, you, what what's the contract you give him, Terry? I think he's. I think Max should be. And I'm not saying the Red Sox. I'm just saying in general, he's probably going to be valued at about three years, thirty million. 
My God. Jeez. <laughs> well, he's not going to be in Boston, hopefully. Well, I hope not either. That's what I'm saying. I, I would hope. 220, who has an OPS of 690. What's his OPS? I don't even have it up. Okay. Jeremy, open up the Jeremy Buster uh, tablet and give me his OPS, will you? Yeah. I mean, he sucks. And he's not worth – go get an athlete who can play center field. There's got to be one in the system. If not, go trade for a guy who can hit 250 who isn't going to strike out what, – what's the strikeout rate? Once every 12 at-bats? The guy, the guy is terrible. I think it's once every three at-bats, actually. I mean, what? A, yeah, I mean, wild card. That's that's just factually. His OPS is uh, seven twenty five, so not stag- not staggeringly low. But... Better than I, I mean, that's a, probably about the major league baseball average. Yeah, but but I don't know, man. And there's no pressure on him. He hits in the ninth spot. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy because when he does hit, like the Red Sox are untouchable offensively. I mean. Yeah, it, it's very sporadic and, and, and very streaky, but at the same time, yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, I, I move on from him. I sign uh, Yasiel Puig, and Oof, then no. I try to fight the Yankees every time I, I get a chance. I, I think that's the, the uh, way the Red Sox should go. Uh, I love Yasiel Puig. I also think the Red Sox should go with sleeveless shirts if they get Puig because he's an animal. I stay way the hell away from Puig. I think Boston is not the environment for him. Um, he, Ironically, I don't know if you remember this, but the season before last, the Red Sox turned down a one-for-one trade with the Dodgers, Bradley for Puig. So um, it could be uh, a... It's a terrible decision. It could be... Terrible decision. Uh, no, I... There's a reason the Dodgers were desperate to trade him, and... I don't think the Reds miss him. He's a weird guy, and I just I he's going to be a circus in Boston, and I don't think we need the distractions. And Bradley, well, there you go. That's why Wildcard loves the guy. <laughs> I, I clearly Terry hates fun and uh, <laughs> whatever. I can't. I can't. I'm not I gonna judge him. I mean, that's a decision. I'm the fun police. I hated Windance for Pete. We're getting swept in the playoffs every year, and they're doing that cute little wind dance repeat. No, that was so stupid. That was that. Look, that was. Anyways, but look, the only thing, the only thing with JBJ is that if you can get him for like two years, let's say fifteen million, I'd do it just because he does. Like you, Terry, you made a good point, which is frankly (laughs) shocking. Um, That the outfield is a problem when 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 you know Mookie's gone, so. Assuming that's what's going to happen, and I, I think it's a foregone conclusion. You you do provide maybe a year or two of consistency by keeping JBJ there, but it has to be monetarily or fiscally responsible because the guy just sucks offensively, except for thirty days a year. Well, if you keep him, it's he's got it's going to be what whatever arbitration agrees on. Or what they agree on before arbitration, but because you know he's oh he's 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 out of his arbitration years. He's an unrestricted free agent. No, uh, no, I thought get out the tablet, Terry. Open that sucker up. I'm almost positive we have him uh, one more year. Who's that, Bradley? Bradley, yeah. 
Yeah, we have one more year. Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, so, yeah, but if you let oh, him walk, if you let him, there's potentially 110 million coming off the books. You lose Mookie, Porcello, Panda, Pierce, Moreland. I'm missing one more big contract in there. JD. Well, I I think, think I think he's coming he's back. I, I think he he'll be back, but. So just say a hundred, just to make the math easy. And you know, Bradley is getting like seven and a half million this year. So, I mean, it just depends on how creative the new GM is going to be if Dombrowski gets fired. And if he doesn't, Bradley probably gets a five-year extension or something. But uh, kidding, I'm just kidding. But you know, what what would shock you with Dombrowski these days? Um, so anyway, but here's one last hot take before we move on. Michael Chavis could be a stud left fielder. I think he's got the athletic ability to do it, and I wouldn't mind seeing it. The only thing I would say about that is if Manny Ramirez can play left field at Fenway for 10 years, anyone can. Well, Hanley couldn't, but, but anyone else well, Hanley just didn't want to. There's a difference there. You know Chavis would, would go out there and be at least give some effort on it. Hanley wanted to play himself out of that spot, and he eventually did by making that stup- stupid play down by the garage door and hurting himself. But, um, I, I mean, I think that's a possibility. So you're saying, what? Who, who plays? Well, the right fielder's probably not in the organization right now. So Stop it, wild card. He, stop it! Not, not every day for JD. Anyway. You can't put JD Martinez in right field at Fenway Park, you lunatic. <laughs> There's no way. If we're gonna put JD, I'll put him in left. What are you talking about? That makes no sense. Wild card. Come on, settle down. Benintendi center, Chavis in left, and the player to be named later in right field. I mean, I think you're obviously losing a ton of defense over what you've had in the last four years. But I mean, that's that's especially if Chavis is going to slug at this level. It's tough because you've had like three center fielders in in your entire outfield. I mean, Betts, uh, Betts, Bradley Jr. and, and Benintendi all came up at well. I mean, Betts was the second baseman originally, but uh, then he transitioned to center field. So you've had three center fielders as your outfielders. Uh, those guys can cover as much ground as anybody out there, and it's been a hell of a defensive uh, outfield. Um, it, it's definitely going to be a downgrade from anybody you put out there outside of those three. Uh, I mean, Mookie even not ideal, but for the money, he's gone. Who's your Who's your zero besides your? Wild card. Did you forget? <laughs> For those listening at home, we, we have decided to watch each other on the Skype, so I'm watching Wild Card shift in his chair a little bit here. I, I apologize. My zero. Let me let me first start by saying I typically love things uh, with the abbreviation of BJ. Um, <laughs> for instance, Blackjack. <laughs> Bon Jovi, <laughs> Ben and Jerry's, Blue Jeans. There's uh, and one of the one other one. one. Yeah, we we know. I can't really think of. We know where your um, mind is at. Typically, love those things. One of the things I do not love with the BJ abbreviation is Brian Johnson. 
the guy sucks. He doesn't belong on a major league team at all. In fact, every freaking time he's out there, he gives up three runs, you know, usually in the first inning to put him down three nothing. Uh, the guy is terrible. I, I hate watching him pitch, but it's just a testament to what the Red Sox have this year as far as uh, backup to the rotation. They've got nothing. They have to kind of throw him out there because there's what other options do you have? Um, they're, they're terrible. Uh, um you know, as far as depth, and he is atrocious. I mean, you look at his numbers. He went three innings today, gave up three runs in the first inning per usual. Um, four hits, three earned runs, three walks, 1K, and uh, took the L. And uh, rightfully so. I mean, you can't go out there every freaking time as a, a major league pitcher and give up three runs in the first or second inning and expect to win a game. And he does it every single time. I, I hate watching him play. Uh, he's a fat turd, and he sucks. And I have nothing more to say about that other than, God, I hope he's not on this team next year. Jeremy? I mean, he's an organizational depth piece, which is what he is, if you ask him that, I think that'd be his answer. He's not expected to be someone that's relied on every fifth day. Uh, he pitched like shit today. He really didn't give you a chance to win until the bullpen came out and threw, I think, what, six scoreless. I think they had Kashner gave up a, a hit and a walk, and I think one other pitcher gave up a walk. The bullpen was unbelievable, gave you a chance to win it, and your offense, which is number one in runs scored in Major League Baseball, just didn't show up today. So they amazingly, they overcame it. You got The way they're built, you got to win games where you give up three runs, and I, yeah, he kind of screwed you by, you know, all the momentum you build in the first two games is gone because he can't get out of the first, but this is a game they should have won. Um as far as Brian Johnson, root for the guy, salt of the earth guy. Um, but he's not, he's a four a arm. He's like I said, he's an organizational depth piece. He's, he's nothing, you know, he, he's, he's the type of guy on a good team. That's trending. Well, that makes five to seven starts a year, gives you innings when you need them. Maybe that's all you can say about him. And that's what he is. He's just, you know, but he's being put in a, position because of the, some of the uh, injuries with sale and price and so forth where he's being put in starts where you like it's a must win situation and Brian Johnson's out there it's just not great you know it's a product it's a lot of it's a product of the circumstances uh, a lot of it's frankly Dombrowski's fault in my opinion that's exactly where I was about to go with that um, you know if Brian Johnson if we're leaning on him heavily then a series of unfortunate circumstances before him took place or some terrible decisions over the winter uh, took place as well so you know he's definitely a bullpen guy uh, you know maybe someone you might lean on to eat up innings if we're way ahead or way behind or if your bullpen's taxed, you just kind of wing it and go with him. But, you know, if he doesn't give up that dinger to Machado, it's it's a different game. And, you know, and, and the offense didn't show up. So, um, 
I, I just I don't want to get mad at Brian Johnson. You know, he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders due to you know the the circumstances around him. So sucks that I we have to. That neither one of you guys are. Uh... You know, you're you're too highbrow to uh, make Johnson jokes here. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the guy's a joke in himself. He, he's he's just terrible. It, it's awful. It's tough watching him. Every time he goes out, I'm like, all right, cool. He's uh, first inning. We're going to give up three runs. We're going to be down three to nothing, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Either the bullpen's going to suck or the offense is going to suck, and we're probably going to lose this game. Uh, the guy is he's just absolute trash. Um Matt, but our point is that he's not anything other than what we see him being. No now, one. In fairness, I mean, this guy was at one point he was a high prospect in the in the Red Sox organization. It goes back to a few podcasts ago where we talked about where some of these guys are who are pitching prospects and how none of these guys materialized. Brian Johnson's he was one of their top pitching prospects. The guy's a pile of dog shit. Uh, sorry, swear jar. Uh, but he, I mean, he's terrible. He, he's just, he has not done anything fantastic at all. And, and he's been in their organization for a while as somebody that, that people held in, in high regard at one point. And yeah, I mean, at this point, we kind of know what we're getting. And yeah, shame on, on Dombrowski for not having more depth. I mean, you did go out and get a bunch of guys who were cast offs of other teams who have not made this team this year, but. I don't know. It, it's it's just really tough to watch. You know, I mean, to watch this guy go out there, and uh, if they don't add more depth to the rotation next year, then shame on whoever the GM is at that point, whether it's Dombrowski or the new guy. I'm more worried about Evaldi, to be honest with you. I mean, similar roles, at least in terms of 2019, and. <laughs> He's getting paid like a guy that you need to lean heavily on. And he gives up a two or a three spot every time he goes out as well. So, um, you know, so that's another unfortunate circumstance as to why Johnson also gets slotted in, you know, at, at some point because, you know, none of our rotation can, can stay healthy. Who's your zero, Terrence? My zero. Been looking forward to this. Uh, since the Red Sox were playing the Padres this weekend, uh, we were, you know, we were up against uh, the team that our old lead Nesson announcer, play-by-play announcer, uh, broadcast for Don Orsillo and. I'm just my my zero is Nesson because it, it's just a painful reminder of the very highly entertaining broadcast we used to have, and it's now pretty bland and dry. And I just I I'm just not a fan of Dave O'Brien. And Awful Announcing had their uh, annual awards. If you're not familiar with uh, Awful Announcing, it's one of the top media blogs that covers all things media-related, which happens to be, for the most part, sports. So if there's a controversy or whatever in the media, that's the that's the site that's going to get the most publicity in terms of covering it. 
and whatnot. And they also cover general awards and, and whatnot. But um, their annual uh, rankings came out this year, and the Red Sox were ranked 20th uh, in, in those standings. Don Orsillo uh, and, and his crew ranked number one. So do you think it was any coincidence that they waited a couple extra weeks until the Red Sox came to town before they threw out the celebratory first pitch to celebrate that? No. <laughs> that was – the whole situation, too, was so stupid. I don't – they, they, the Red Sox maintained a complete false narrative that they were selling games out for like this record number of streak when everyone knew they weren't. To the point where it was almost laughable, and Boston Sports Radio was basically making fun of it on a daily basis. They then have the chicken and beer. They move on from Francona, Terry Francona. Why am I saying his name wrong? Francona. Francona. What was that? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, And then what they do is they blame the ratings not on the fact that they failed on the field. They blamed it on Orsillo, who it was just such a cheap, lazy – they're scapegoating the, the play-by-play guy on Nesson, who, by the way, is probably the best in the business. Um, in a sport that can have so many areas in a game that are just dry, whether it be you know overly changing a pitcher, you know a pitcher that's not throwing strikes, whatever. He made so many moments entertaining that shouldn't have been entertaining. And they scapegoated the guy for no reason, and then they put in a vanilla envelope in his spot. And it's just frustrating i would say that it at least three games a week i'll sit back and go man i miss orcello still to this day um he's awesome he's one of the best and the fact that he had no desire to go it just it was so stupid it still remains stupid it's one of those in my mind under talked about black eyes on the management of this of this franchise um and frankly i (laughs) I would love to have him back, and I would love to put Dave O'Brien back on radio um, where he belongs, frankly. Uh, In previous uh, years here, uh, going back to 2016, here's how Nesson ranked. Uh, In 2016, they ranked 16th in that survey. We won the division that year. 2017, they ranked 26th, also won the division that year. So these are all Dave O'Brien years. Last year, 2018, they were seventh. You could probably attribute that to, you know, the 108 wins. It was also JD's first year, so there was probably some curiosity there. And then in 2019, uh, Nesson with O'Brien was ranked 20th in that survey. Go over to Don Orsillo in that same time frame with the uh, Padres in 2016. They were ranked fifth overall. 2017, they ranked fourth overall. 2018, they ranked third overall. And then this year, 2019, they topped the list first place overall. And this is a team who, for the last eight straight seasons, has finished below 500. And 
they do the best job with their audience. I read another article uh, when I was jotting my notes for this from Jen McCaffrey, who used to write for Mass Live, now writes for The Athletic. And just the the banter between Orsillo and Mark Grant is just, it's every bit as entertaining. And when Orsillo came over, he put uh, pictures up above his side of the booth some of them had like Pedro Martinez, David Ortiz, I think Terry Francona. And then in response to that, Mark Grant on little yellow post-it notes drew stick guys making fun of the guys that Orsillo had. So they're very combative towards each other, you know, in a, you know, in a fun way. And the chemistry is, is really good. And I miss that guy a lot. So I just... It's just, like I said, another painful reminder. We had the guy. We didn't have to get rid of him, and we did. And now we've got Dave O'Brien, who's, I think, not only does he he ruin the broadcast himself, but he takes Remy down a couple notches. Eckersley is still Eckersley, and uh, quite frankly, it's I think it is more entertaining when, when X's on there. But I just hope that... I, I don't know if they'll get rid of O'Brien this year or, or whenever his contract runs up, but I'd love it to be someone else. Matt Vasgersian would be awesome. I don't think he would take that job, but um, but yeah, hopefully, eventually, we'll get someone in there. It'll probably be Chris Berman, and then you want to cut yourself. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it'll be him. I really like Tim Neverett on on uh, WEI. You know, he's got that old school voice, but he he's really lively when you know a big play happens, and he's also kind of funny as well. And ironically, he left Boston with a knife in his back uh, this off season. By the way, WEI treated him so, and that whole station. I I don't. You guys probably don't listen to it, but. They just got rid of uh, Callahan, and they got the Greg Hill Morning Show, which doesn't even cover sports half the time. They just they talk about local news events with some sports sprinkled in, and just a terrible uh, station <laughs> at this point. And so, I, I'm not surprised that Neverett uh, didn't have a good experience. Well, I mean, look, Neverett's a radio guy. He's been a radio guy for a long time. I, I don't know that we need to do that. Um, I also don't think that the, we, you know, should be spending any more time not talking about the product on the field because that's what the Red Sox did four years ago when they moved on, on from Marcelo because their product sucked. Ne- so, Neverett was I mean, actually Ob- a TV guy. Not, I also think that if you put O'Brien in without the context of Orsello preceding him, he looks a little better. But everyone loves Orsillo, and he's killing it in San Diego. You know, happy for the guy. He obviously loves his life. His energy is still incredible. He still loves the game. Um, I agree with you. I think he brings down Remy. I thought their the dynamic between Remy and Orsillo was something really special, and I, I think it definitely takes from the bod, uh, from the broadcast. No, no question about it. So. See the thing about Remy though is he's he's got the the thick Boston accent. You know we say Xander Bogarts, he says Xander Bogarts and Kyle Crawford, and you know I like that. I like the local field of the broadcast. So I kind of hope whoever they replace O'Brien with eventually, if it happens, 
I, I hope it's someone with ties, you know, locally. The thing about Neverett, though, he was a TV guy with the Pirates uh, on and off, so could have been a fit, but uh, anyway, what else do we want to get into before the preview here uh, for the Rocky series? Um, I talked about Chavis rehabbing right now. He's not expected to be activated for the Colorado series, but uh, it, it could come uh, as early as next weekend. David Price uh, set to throw a simulated game. They had hoped he would pitch today, but they uh, erred on the side of caution, so he'll he'll pitch the sim game on Tuesday, possibly in line for a September 1st start against the uh, Anaheim Angels. I don't know how excited we are about that, but... Uh, two, I'd shut him down. I'd I'd shut Price down and just get him ready for 2020. That, I mean, I'd be I mean, it. I guess if you want to extend a rehab and and all of a sudden they cut it to three games, and there's still you know 20 games left in the season, fine. But as it stands right now, I just I don't see the point, and I just assume that with Sale out, you put him in a position to succeed next year. Well, the only thing That's is, thing. we've we've packed it in and we're resigned that you know we're not going to make the playoffs. But I'm not entirely sold that the Red Sox are are thinking that right now. No, do you hear what Alex Cora said tonight? Back. They're five games back, so that's six. not crazy talk. Six, um, six now. So I don't think they have enough to do it. But if five games back, you'd be stupid to tell your fan base that, hey, we're giving up right now. Uh, I just don't. Uh, we, it's we've six seen happen. It's six, you're like not, we said. Not, it's six games wild card. You're not leapfrogging. You got to leapfrog two teams. Uh, fine, one team tanks. We've seen it. Uh, was it 10, 2010, when we fell apart and ultimately lost to the Braves in game 162? I mean, I, I can see leapfrogging one team, but the fact that it double raise. The athletics, whoever comes out of the central or whoever doesn't come out of the central, it just just you'd have to have two teams have catastrophic Septembers. I just don't see it happening. Well, I think um, that's why. Look, I'm, I'm also not saying it's impossible, right? I think ESPN had it at like three point six percent. So there, there's a chance, and like, <laughs> like I said, continue to rehab him. Without him having the stress of throwing innings, and if you're within three games in a week or two, all right, fine, bring him back. But what's going to happen is we're going to be down nine, and you save and preserve him for 2020. I think that's what you do. Um, lost. Oh, okay, yeah. So with the well, with the wild card, wild card still is putting down futures on the Red Sox winning the World Series at like ten thousand to one. Yep, got so. him. It's going to happen. The Tampa Bay Rays, I could see falling out of it all on their own without any help from any wildcard teams because they're injured and and they lost to the Orioles today. So I can see them getting out of the way, but the loser of the Minnesota-Cleveland uh, division race, they're going to be a wildcard team. And then you still have Oakland to contend with, and they're playing very good baseball, by the way. They're Starting rotation, even Homer Bailey has been pitching very well lately. Uh, so, like Jeremy said, you gotta 
you got a leapfrog two teams here. I think the Rays can fall out of it on their own. And then one of Oakland, Minnesota, or Cleveland is going to have to go into the toilet for the Red Sox to really have a chance. And then you got Price coming back. So let's see, you got you got Price, Erod, and Porcello, and then you got to patchwork the other two slots in the rotation. And I just look I, with thirty games left. Let's say you go twenty-five and five to to create a game one sixty-three. One of those teams has to go worse than nineteen and eleven. I'm sorry, two of those teams, and these are teams, especially with the Twins and the Indians. Neither team is even thinking about the wild card. Both teams are trying to win the Central. They're going to be good. They're going to be good. They're going to win at a 650 clip. You, and that's if you go 25 and 5, which only wild card believes that's even possible. They're going to be, I mean, maybe they go 19 and 11. You got to have a team go basically one game over 500 to create a, one, a game 163. It's not going to happen. Let's I mean, it would be, it would be, it would be a monumental talk about it for decades comeback and fine i'm here for it if it happens but it just it just doesn't nothing they've done leads me to believe especially losing today leads me to believe it's possible because i think the athletics lost and the double raise lost so they could have had it to five if they won today they don't capitalize they don't hit you know the strength of their team doesn't show up it's just a microcosm of the entire season uh, now, with that said, you know, if they go on a run, they go on a run. And, and I hope they do make it interesting, whether they make it or not. I'd love to see them cut it to two games with two weeks left and see what happens. But, Tampa Bay is horribly banged up. I don't think uh, I don't think Oakland's that great. Um, do, do I still? I really don't. I, I mean, they're, they're piecemealing it together with a pretty crap team. I, I mean... The best player on Oakland is is Chris Davis, and he's done nothing this year. He's trash. Uh, Matt Olsen's Chapman, been I mean, geez. as hot as anybody right now. Uh, Chapman's pretty good. They they've got some pretty good guys. Too. Don't don't get me wrong, but I mean, historically, Davis is a, a forty home run guy who's hit fifteen home runs this year and done nothing. Um, and last I checked, my nickname was now Wild Card. So if I I know anything about baseball. It's probably who's going to make the wild card. So don't be surprised when Boston makes it in there. All right, just I'm throwing it out there right now. I would be shocked. No, no one, no one, and I mean no one thinks your name is Wild Card because you know baseball. I mean, come on, Wild Card. <laughs> Let's not insult the fan base here. <laughs> Oakland has a very sneakily serviceable rotation. Uh, You know, they've got Mike Fires, who I was kind of hoping the Red Sox might make a play on last offseason. Three and a half ERA, you know, very serviceable. Uh, Brett Anderson's having a good year. He always seems to pitch well with Oakland. Not so much, you know, when he was a Dodger, but, you know, he's towards the top of their rotation. Chris Bassett also having a very good year, three and a half uh, ERA, um, you know, seven scoreless. Oh, actually, that was his August 11th start, but he has had at least three quality starts in a row. And uh, they got Tanner Roark from the Cincinnati Reds in a trade, which is like the most Oakland uh, move ever. But his RA has uh, ERA has slipped uh, to. 
uh, under four as well, given up two uh, earned runs or less and in uh, his last three starts. So that's a rotation that can kind of, you know, hold it together. I mean, most of those guys are have been more consistent than any of the guys in our rotation outside of Erod. So, and they got one of the best closers uh, in the uh, American League as well. Uh, their whole infield, by the way, is pretty stout. Matt Olson, Marcus Simeon, Matt Chapman. Uh, you know, uh, Mark Canna has had a decent year. Piscotti as well, though he just went on the DL. That's not a team I really want to mess with, you know, and for a lot of reasons. And and I, I'm starting to wonder if Cleveland will win the division. I, I thought they would. They caught the uh, Twins, and they might have even gone up a game. I don't remember. But Ramirez, though, that's a big loss, man. Ramirez breaking his hand at bone is, is huge. Was that what happened? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. He's going to be out for a while. So I, I heard he exited a game, but... But I mean, they they still got a lot of depth. And just to clarify, who's got Cleveland winning between the two of you guys? Uh, Jeremy, I do. <laughs> yeah. And I'm rooting for it, by the yeah. way. I'm and not... at this point, I'm desperate because I'm already down a hundred. So yeah, it's a it's a two hundred dollar swing basically if the Twins hang on. <laughs> but I, well, I Terry's got nothing to lose. The worst he could do is break even. I'm gonna wind up freaking. In a payment plan with Terry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, but unselfishly, I do hope Cleveland uh, wins that division because I just feel like if the Yankees get the Twins in the ALDS, I just think that's almost a free pass. I think Cleveland, even without Jose Ramirez, can give the Yankees fits. And... Uh, so I'm fine with losing a bet to risk not having to listen to, you know, Yankee bullshit, you know, all winter long. I mean, look, at the end of the day, the Yankees are not going to win a World Series. So the season, there's going to be a different team to win it. Probably Astros Dodgers is what I like. I think that'd be a really entertaining World Series. Um, and... <laughs> I'm sorry. This whole thing with us having live Skype during the thing is it's created a different dynamic, especially with wild card on the fucking podcast. Oh God, can't say that. Swear jar. That's but right. look, um anyways, let's get into the preview for the short Rocky series where they don't even have a named starter yet. No, we do. Oh, they did? I think we do, yeah. If my I just uh... looked. I'm on the uh, MLB website. Oh, oh, no, the Rockies don't have one. No, you're right about that. I thought you meant the Red Sox. Yeah, Rockies are pretty banged up this year. So um, I I think this is more of a series of the Red Sox simply beating themselves. Um, You know, we got Porcello and Erod in the series. You got to feel good about the Erod start. Porcello has pitched better as of late. So I, I don't know. Sweet. I mean, I went. Scratch <laughs> wild card. Um, lose Porcello when Erod, which is basically what's happened all year. So I don't know how you could think it's going to be anything different. Bet the over though. 
Well, it's a it's a I'm home run park, right so if Devers yeah. gets the problem it, is the overs are always high. It's like twelve runs, but especially in that Porcello start, he leaves a couple up in that lineup. You know, yeah, they could definitely make him, they could definitely make him pay for sure. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, we won't spend too much time on it. Tomorrow is an off day, and then it's a Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, two gamer, as a lot of National League series tend to be. Um. So we'll just uh, we'll just kind of see how it goes. Porcello has been pretty solid lately, so I'm not going to rule out a, a a sweep here for the Red Sox, but. Just enough for hey, Matt to come on next episode or, or Sunday rather and uh, push his propaganda about how we're gonna take that second wild card spot. I was wondering if uh, you know, back to uh, full circle with these these players weekend thing. Did you guys catch uh, Mookie Betts his uh, cleats, the uh, the big poppy themed ones, or? I think they were by Big Poppy. It may have been a uh, mistaken identity there. It may have actually been uh, Sixto David Fernandez that were on his cleats. I'm not sure. Did you guys catch that? Or didn't know? Oh, uh, Wildcats. You're a special breed, you lunatic. I, I yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you know, I'll hold up the, you know. T-minus. Uh, Poor take. My dogs aren't even happy right now. You can hear them barking and, and disapproving. The shoes are cool. The shoes are cold. Obviously, Mookie and David are tight. I thought it was really neat. David responded with a post this afternoon about it. Um, you know, the cleats are kind of cool. It is, on some level, but one thing I do like about the players' weekend is that it allows the players some freedom to break typical. Um, protocol with the uniform so they get to wear custom spikes and they can dip their bat in different paint and stuff like that which i'm i'm an advocate for the athlete showing their personality i think it helps grow the game not hurt it but uh you know the rest of it i don't you know could care less about you mentioned ortiz there was a photograph released today of him dropping his daughter off at college i thought he looked pretty healthy in the in the picture and uh wouldn't be surprised if he makes an appearance uh, more sooner than later at Fenway. The other question I had was, did you guys touch on the, the Royals game that they the Red Sox ended up winning? No. Uh, 12, well, 11 and a half minutes. Uh, Brock Holt, I, I could have included that in my thing here because he hit the walk-off in that series. And uh, it just went that one inning, did it not? Correct, yep. Yeah. So, so. Yeah, I mean, look, that's a whole weird circumstance. We talked about it last podcast where that should be something they put as game 163 in case it's necessary. And if it's not, you just don't play it. But it is what it is. They won the game. Um, there's still six games out with two games to leapfrog. I'm not excited about anything except for getting guys opportunity to see where we can be in 2020 because this team – once they hit the reset button, will be a top five World Series favorite next year. I agree with that. I mean, it was a good game. It was good to see him win it. Um, twelve under twelve minutes. Uh, that's that's pretty solid. I mean, they basically I think sent four hitters up to the plate. Uh, I think it was three up, three down in the uh, you know the top half, the bottom half. They sent up four four batters. I think the first guy went out. 
then after that they got it. So 12 minutes, I mean, that's solid. That's solid. Um, somebody has been married for 16 years, I would say that 12 minutes, that's, that's a big thing. I'd be happy with six, uh, 12 minutes is a big win for this guy right here after 16 years of marriage. So if you can win in 12 minutes as a baseball team, fantastic. I, uh, I give you kudos for that. But uh, no, I mean, it, it's big. I figured they'd lose that one uh, just because I was angry uh, when they lost the other games, I think, uh, with the Royals. I think I predicted they'd lose that. So I was wrong, which is, is rare. Usually my prognostication is spot on. Uh, as you guys can all tell, anybody that listens to this podcast, if you haven't listened to it long enough, it's uh, I think I'm at like 110% at this point. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're good. We're good. Terry, we got to get a mute button for Wildcard when he starts going on these tangents. <laughs> so that way he can still talk off to the side, but you and I can go back to, like, you know, normal people conversation. You guys can have big boy talk while I'm still just yeah. blabbering about nothing. But, no, no, that was a big win. I just wanted to kind of bring that up. That's good. I think we had lost the game before, so that game didn't count towards the, the current streak because it was – it was from, you know, several weeks prior. So we went into uh, the Padre series technically on a losing streak, even though we had uh, won that 12-minute game that Matt is so proud of. Wildcard is so proud of the, uh, the you know, just the day before. So, I th- so if you guys... For the listeners, I'll end. This is my this is uh, Jeremy's final thought on the podcast. If you think wild card is a wild card on the podcast, get in his DMs, okay? Because this guy, whew, buckle up, because anything could come at you in the in the DMs with this guy. <laughs> hey, listen, feel feel free to Terry. Post. Terry, tell the tell the followers. I'm not making that up. That's a real thing. He's no, that, not. That is a real deal. And I'll tell you what, uh, follow me. I don't have a lot of followers. I hadn't done a lot on the uh, the Twitter. Um, I had been more book of the book of the face and some of the other social media. Just kind of delving back into this. So feel free to uh, give a give the Clark Bar uh, Clark Bar one four nine zero five a little bit of a follow here and run it. Yeah. It's good stuff. It ain't just a candy bar. You'll you'll get some. You'll get some. Terry, hit the mute button. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, Terry, we got to develop a mute button. <laughs> we are good. I'm gonna screenshot part of our uh, DM uh, tomorrow, and I'm gonna be like, "This is what the pregame meeting is like," you know, between us before we go on. <laughs> so, anyway, whatever you send up. Yeah. All right. Bye. Have a good night. Hey, great show, guys. Great show. Fantastic. Episode 163 in the books. Day off tomorrow. And I'm positive because I'm always bad with the schedule. Um, But definitely an off day. Back Tuesday against the Rockies. Probably going to be a 9-something p.m. start. I don't have the schedule in front of me. But, uh, yeah, so... We will catch you on Wednesday, and everybody have a great start to your work week. Take care. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts.
Swing it a line drive left field. Benintendi coming on. Dives. And did he make the catch? He did. He got it. Here we go. Time to party. Right here. 3-2. High drive. And crushed it. It's a grand slam. Swing and a miss. Thankfully, it's over. The Red Sox have won the world championship. Welcome to Benny and the Bets podcast. Can you believe it? 